reaching Israel and the world and the world. Shalom Chavarim, shalom my friends. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Cynthia Mardrias, we continue in the book of Romans. We're gonna be focusing today on the different life forces, the different energies of the spirit, God's Zoe life mm -hmm. that lives inside the believer versus the source within each one of us of our flesh. I like, to, I like to think of this walk that we're in, this, this journey with Hashem, with our God, as, as scientific in the sense that we've literally received God's Spirit. This is not just a doctrine, this is real. Right. Those first believers in Acts chapter two, when they began to speak in languages that they had never learned, that was because a new life source had come inside them. Right. And in addition to God's Spirit that lives within us, we deal with the life source of our flesh and they're two different realms and we have to overcome the flesh with the Spirit. Right, it's a reality that we all have to deal with. And I think even death reveals it, you know? Mm. There's an end to this flesh, this, this lives that we're leading right now. There's an end to it. But we all know deep down that there's another aspect of life that doesn't even have to do with our flesh. Right. The spirit, the spirit that gives life. Even as I look at in your eyes and I see this light coming forth, the spirit gives life. Shalom uvracha, beloved ones, peace and blessings. Welcome to our study today through the book of Romans. This is now the fourth season as I'm going through the book of Romans chapter by chapter. And today we're gonna to pick up in the eighth chapter. Hear the word of God, the grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of the Lord abides forever. Paul says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now you should be aware of the context in which Paul says this. Paul just got done talking about the tremendous battle that he was in with sin. And he said sometimes he found himself doing the things that he didn't want to do because he found that in his flesh, the principle of evil was dwelling. And he was in this great warfare, this great fight to overcome the inclination of his flesh, which had evil tendencies. And so Paul is saying that we're overcoming through the spirit. And in the midst of this battle that we're in against sin, Paul reminds us that there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. It's important for us to consider this because he's not simply saying that God doesn't have condemnation on anybody. He says there's no condemnation for those that are battling against sin if you're in Christ Jesus. And so the difference is those of us that are in Messiah Yeshua, we are battling against sin because the Bible says without holiness, no man shall see God. And Yeshua's first words to us were, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. So those of us that are born of the spirit do not willfully practice sin. And yet because there is a sinful inclination in the flesh, we're in this battle and sometimes we fall, but not because we're yielding, not because we're giving in, not because we're choosing to habitually sin as a lifestyle, but simply because at times we're weak. Jesus said the spirit's willing, but the flesh is weak. So if you're truly engaging in the warfare, 
If you're born again, if you're overcoming, God wants you to know that when you fall, if you fail, there's no condemnation because we're in Christ Jesus and Jesus died on the cross for our sin. So let's continue on. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh, God did, sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh as an offering for sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. And so what he's doing is just recounting some of the subjects that he's already spoken of in this letter. And he's talking about the fact that the, 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 the flesh could never live up to the righteous standard of God, which was given to humanity in the law. Nor could the flesh even live up to the witness of the Holy Spirit in our conscience. The power of the flesh is not spiritual. So the flesh could never earn salvation. But what God did in providing a solution is two things. Number one, beloved child of his, Jesus died for your sins. He sent his son to become a propitiation for your sin. Yeshua died on the cross and he took your sin and my sin in his own body on the tree, then shed his innocent, pure blood so that he removed the sin factor so that there's no condemnation because Jesus atoned for our sin. And then the second thing the Lord did is he gave us his spirit. So we could, we could never live up to his righteous requirement in the flesh because God's righteous requirement is spiritual. But what God did in Yeshua is he gave us his spirit so that when we received Yeshua, we received the gift of the Holy Spirit. And now that the very Zoe life of God resides and lives in you and I, we have the power to live spiritual lives that please God. We have the power to love God. We have the power to obey his requirements from a pure heart. So this is what Paul is referring to here. That the requirement in verse number four of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. God has given us the power. We have the son of God living within us to truly live righteous lives by the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. I don't know about you, but I, I know in my life, I've seen a lot of miracles. I mean, I've literally seen people that were legally blind healed in an instant of blindness. I've seen incredible miracles, but I think the miracle that touches me more than all the others is to see the change in my own heart to see how God has supernaturally changed my heart. He's given you and I, beloved, his own spirit that lives within us and has made us new creations so that we walk in newness of life. Continuing on, Paul says in verse number five, for those who are according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace because the mindset on the flesh is hostile toward God for it does not subject itself to the law of God for it is not even able to do so. 
I want you to get the scientific reality. There's spirit and there's flesh. There are two different entities. We are truly given God's spirit and his spirit has nothing in common with the flesh. They're two different life sources. God's spirit is eternal life and the flesh has a life of its own, which is not spiritual life. And the life of the flesh, the scripture says, is not even able to subject itself to the law of God because there's a different chemistry to it. It operates completely different from the spirit. It's not able to subject itself to the spirit of God. It's just, it's like, a, it's like a different chemical. It's not a chemical, but it's a totally different nature. It's like, here I am in the woods, okay? I'm looking at the ground right now. I see, uh, let's say that I see a spider on the ground. That spider has really nothing in common with humanity. I mean, it's, 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 it's a creation, but I mean, the spider can't think like we think. No matter, no matter what that spider, it could not think like a human being. And God is saying to you and I, in the flesh, we cannot relate to him. We cannot subject ourselves to him. In fact, the nature of the flesh is going in a different direction than the spirit of life. So what God did is he gave us his own nature. And as we live out of God's nature in us, we're able to please him and walk in newness of life. But listen, beloved one, we have to feed his nature within us. Not that his nature could ever die, but in order for you and I to get strong in his nature, we have to feed on his nature. That's why Jesus said, he that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And Jesus said, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. And then he said, the words that I speak to you, listen, the words Yeshua said that I speak to you are spirit and life. And so if we're gonna walk in this newness of life, if we're gonna overcome the tendency and the power of the flesh by spirit life, by God's life, we have to be taking in God's life and his word is life. Jesus said the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. He said, the mindset on the flesh could not please God. Indeed, it's hostile to God. But the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. If you live according to the flesh, you're going to die. But if you live according to the spirit, you're going to reap from the spirit love and joy and eternal life. I'm wanting to zero in and hone in on the fact, beloved, that God's spirit and our flesh are two different sources. They're two different scientific, if you will, entities. God's spirit is living Zoe life. The flesh has a totally different nature. If we're going to ascend out of the flesh and live in newness of life, live in the spirit, we have to consciously choose to do that. And we have to consciously make decisions to eat of his spirit by taking his word into our life. And one of the ways that we take God's word into our life is by reading his written word and reading spiritual literature, devotionals that are inspired by the spirit. Because from the very beginning, God has ordained that man is able to ingest his spirit by taking in his written word. 
That's why when the Lord first revealed himself to mankind at Mount Sinai, Moses, listen, wrote God's word on the tablets of stone. And that's why God said to John on the island of Patmos, write as John recorded for us the book of Revelation. And that's why the scriptures are recorded for us to read. Paul said, these things are written for our instruction. And then Peter went on to tell us that we should feed off this word, this written word, like newborn babes need to feed off milk. So God has called us to overcome. He's called us to newness of life. He's called us to ascend. He's called us to transcend the spirit part of our nature by newness of life. But you and I have to make a conscious decision to do that like soldiers. We have to wake up in the morning and as we are getting out of bed, we have to dedicate our lives to God, dedicate the members of our bodies to God, give our God focus in our thoughts, take his word into our life as we start the day. And as we do that, we're going to make great progress and find success in the spirit. And so God is giving us spiritual truths and realities, but I'm helping us also, beloved ones, beloved child of his, to understand that there's a responsibility that you and I have as we're walking this out in spirit and in truth. Probably the most recognizable Hebrew word in the world is the word shalom. All of us have heard of it. It means completeness. It means not just a lack of turbulence on the outside, but it means wholeness on the inside as well. Shalom means peace, nothing lacking. Where is that found in the Bible? It's in the book of Judges, chapter 6. In the book of Judges, chapter 6, Gideon, the great warrior of God, built an altar to the Lord and called the altar Yahweh Shalom, the Lord is peace. After Yeshua's resurrection, he breathed on his disciples and he said, my shalom, my peace I give unto you. The gift of the Ruach HaKodesh, the gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of God himself, it's shalom, it's peace, it's wholeness. The Brich HaDashah, the New Testament tells us that after we have suffered for a while, the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet. Beloved, peace precedes authority. One of the primary aspects of God's nature is peace and he's imparting his peace to you and I continually. It's an everlasting peace. It's not of this world, and it's your portion in King Jesus. We've been called to be salt and light to the world, but Rabbi cannot share the truths from God's Word without help from you. Would you pray and consider donating or becoming a monthly partner with Rabbi as he ministers principles from God's Word through television, the internet, and on-the-ground outreaches, equipping the body of Christ, building the church, and evangelizing the world? Call 800-777-7835 or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Join those who have said yes to the calling. Help Rabbi build God's kingdom through the global outreaches of Discovering the Jewish Jesus. Call today or visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com. Paul goes on to say in verse number nine, we're still in chapter eight, 
you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. But if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. I want you to think about this because I'm really wanting to drill in you the fact that God's spirit is real and he resides in you. Listen again. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. So Paul is saying, hey, listen, there are two classes of people here. There's people that do not have God's spirit living in them. And there's people that do have God's spirit living in them. Now, when Paul says this, he's not talking about just a philosophy or agreeing with a doctrinal statement. He's talking about the fact that there is a literal life force whom God's people have received when they were born again. This is why Jesus said to Nicodemus, that which is born of flesh is flesh. That which is born of spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. He was speaking about being born of the spirit of God. It's a literal life force. It's uncreated supernatural life. Think about when the disciples, the apostles literally saw Jesus after he had been raised, he, he, was, he was raised from the dead. And then the disciples literally saw Yeshua in the book of Acts raised off of the earth higher and higher and higher and higher up into the sky until they were looking up into the sky and Yeshua was so high in the sky they couldn't see him anymore. Now, what lifted Jesus up into the sky, up into the clouds until he disappeared? It was God's very spirit of life and strength. It was real. And think about the disciples in Acts chapter two, when they first received the spirit that Paul is talking about here in Romans eight. Remember, Paul said, you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit, if indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. And I'm trying to help us really zero in on the fact this is real, it's literal, it's scientific. You have a life force that you received when you received Jesus. Now think about this. In the book of Acts, when the Spirit was first poured forth on the church, what happened? Those that had received the Spirit began to speak in unknown languages, languages that they had never learned in their mind, and yet they began to prophesy in languages they had never learned. How? Because a life force had come in them and given them a supernatural ability. And it's important for us to grasp this. In fact, part of growing in Messiah Jesus is getting centered in the truth that he lives in you. Paul calls it a great mystery. He said, the mystery is Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's about studying, but it's also about just sitting before God and asking him to give us revelation that the same spirit that raised Yeshua from the dead literally is living in you and me. 
We have to stop just looking on the outside for life and recognize that life is in us. This is why Jesus said, he that believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from where? From his innermost, where? His innermost, his innermost being. I want to encourage you, we are connected to so many things outside ourself in the material world that we live in. But I want you to know the mystery is that God's spirit is inside you. Paul said, if the spirit that raised you from the dead is in you, he will give life to your mortal body. Look at the next verse. Verse 10, if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, yet the spirit is alive because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Paul said the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you and he'll give life to this mortal body of ours if we're depending on him. So God is ministering his life to us through his grace and imparting his life to us by his grace, but we'll receive even more of that when we open up our heart and create a channel for him to flow into our lives, into our bodies, into our minds, into our hearts, into an even greater way. When his life flows into us, it strengthens us. It strengthens our body. It strengthens our mind. It gives us revelation to be able to perceive his ways. But we have to be looking for him within. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. And Jesus said it's an adulterous and wicked generation that's always looking for a sign on the outside. We shouldn't have to always look for a sign on the outside. We should simply come to grips that God is real. He's inside us. We're in relationship with him. We're united to him. We don't need to see something outside ourselves anymore because we've got him on the inside and we're anchored in that truth and that reality. And beloved, that will bring you strength and peace. So Paul concludes by saying, listen, God has delivered us from the bondage of sin. He's delivered us from being in bondage to the sinful passions of the body. And he's done it through the atoning work of Messiah Jesus and through giving us the gift of his spirit by his grace. But you and I have to engage with him we have to engage with him by putting him first, putting our feet in the soil of his spirit, taking his word into our life, praying from the spirit within us, talking to God, making him our best friend, drawing from the spirit by talking to God, depending on God, honoring God, and confessing his word over our lives. So beloved, I hope that you're getting the depth of this message that I'm bringing. And I pray that it continues to transform your life and my life so that we're truly, truly living as those that are alive from the dead and alive to him for the glory of God in Yeshua HaMashiach's name. Beloved, it's important that we put God first in every area of our lives. It concerns me that it seems that so many people today are trying to use God for an experience, but they're not being obedient. I think of many, many people that are going to churches, they love the worship music, 
but they're not being obedient to God's word. Jesus said, unless a man picks up his cross, denies himself and follows me, he cannot be my disciple. Sacrificial obedience is the only way to truly walk hand in hand with God. This is why it's important how we handle our finances. Going back to the first book of the Bible with Abraham all the way through the New Testament, we see that those that truly walk with God honor Him in every area of their lives, including their finances. I wanna just ask you today, if discovering the Jewish Jesus is being used by Father God in your life to be a blessing, would you honor Him with your finances through this ministry? Thank you for your love and for your financial support. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at discoveringthejewishjesus.com. In the book of Numbers chapter six, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yahweh, Yahweh, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. 
We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, join Rabbi as he provides biblical guidance on how we can be led by the Spirit. Don't miss this exciting episode.